Hello and welcome to another episode of Fretman Podcast. I'm your host, Fretman. In today's episode, we will be talking to the Bell Brothers all the way from Colombia via Skype. Also on the show, we will talk to the Mackie representative, Ty, giving us the inside scoop of the new Mackie products. So stay tuned. While attending NAMM's show 2019, I had a chance to interview Mackie representative Ty Vong after the Mackie loudspeaker demonstration. And when Mackie says loud, I mean loud to the point that OSHA is there to monitor the decibels created from these Mackie speakers. I also had the opportunity to partake in the celebration of the 30-year anniversary that was started in 1969 by Greg Mackey, who founded Technical Audio Products, or TAPCO, which made the TAPCO 6000 audio mixer that launched his success as a pro audio entrepreneur. And now, the interview with Ty. Hi, well, up here with the Mackey booth, and I got Ty. Ty, how you doing? Great, how are you? Good. Now, I know Mackey has two new products. Um, I'm, I'm a user of the Mackie, and I have the old Blackjack. What new two products uh, do you have to upgrade to that? Yeah, so we actually have a couple new interfaces out now. We have our Big Knob Studio, Big Knob Studio Plus. Um, and the Big Knob Series, we also have the Passive, which is not an interface. But we also have our Onyx uh, Series we just released, our Onyx Artist 1.2 and our Onyx Producer 2.2. Um, both of them are 2x2 two two interfaces, but the um, Onyx producer is going to be combo jacks on each input, so XLR or quarter inch. Also high z inputs, so you can insert guitars or instruments without the need for a DI box, which is awesome. And another thing that separates us from our competitors, especially with the Onyx producers, we actually have mini in and outs on the back of the Onyx producer as well. Nice. That is awesome to know. That it definitely gives us uh, more advantage of more home studio users, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And to speak upon that as well, the big knob even goes further, uh, the Studio and the Studio Plus, with multiple inputs, multiple outputs. So you can AB with the Studio Plus, or Studio, and ABC monitoring with the Studio Plus. Um, there's also built-in talkback mics, so you can actually use it as a full recording desk. Um, and there's headphone outputs for two different artists, so you can use it in your home studio um, and have artists come in, and um, it's a great solution for that. Well, I guess I'm going to have to upgrade pretty soon here because uh, that, that's a huge advantage, you know? It really is, yes. Well, Ty, thank you very much. And I uh, hope to see more uh, interesting, uh, more uh, awesome products from uh, Mackie. I know you guys have some headphones that just came out, right? Absolutely, yeah. And that actually goes with our studio line as well, the MC150 and the MC250. The MC150 with the smiley face EQ curve, so good for critical li or for personal listening and DJs or in studio usage. And also the MC250's flat EQ response, so great for producers. You can actually mix on them, so really good for critical listening as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ty. Thank you for your time. Thanks, man. Lives were changing lanes 
you ran me off the road. I had no escape. And now for the long-awaited interview with the Bell Brothers. Let me first say that when I first saw the music video for Breaking Apart by the Bell Brothers, I wanted to learn the story of these two magnificent musicians. Something in the music that I heard from the video resonated as being in sync or being on the same wavelength. I truly would like to thank them for staying up late one night and giving me the opportunity for me to tell their story and share their music to the rest of the world. The Bell Brothers group consists of two brothers, Alan and Andrew Bell, both of which were born in Kansas here in the States. Her father, American, mother, Colombian. Their father was a lifelong saxophone player who introduced them to the world of music at a very early age. In 2013, the Bells moved to Colombia, Bogota, to attend the university in May 2017, the Bells released their first album, Cold, Dark, and Dirty. And now, with no further ado, here's the interview. All I see are headlights burning like the sun. Hey, hey man, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. How you guys doing out there? We're doing good. Yeah, doing very good. Now, doing, yeah, doing great. We're just awesome. down here in Bogota in the cold. <laughs> well, it's been raining out here in California too, and uh, it's been down on the 38 degrees uh, today, so it's been pretty chilly. You know, we're not used to that weather. No, that's not California weather at all. Definitely not. Definitely not. So your album, Cold, Dark, and Dirty, uh, you debuted it back in 2017. It's uh -huh. phenomenal. Yeah, thanks for your kind words. Yeah, that's really encouraging. This is uh, something that we're both really passionate about, and uh, yeah. we've been involved in music our whole lives, and this project was kind of the first um, really, I guess, unique project between just the two of us and just with our, our music and our songs and kind of our vision, so it's been a really uh, rewarding experience and something that we've, based on the experience we've had with putting out that album and uh, getting involved with kind of with, with some of our own ideas and our own work, we've kind of it's allowed us to take a new path and, and follow with music that we've that we've kind of always envisioned following. Emotional and an exciting time period for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we kind of began this project honestly with the idea that we wanted to record some of our own songs, kind of as a memory because we've always been with other bands and other other musicians playing together. Um, so we created this album, we wrote the songs, and then we kind of just decided, you know what, let's just like put them up, we can sell the music, put it out there on Spotify and everything, and, and kind of see what happens. So that's kind of how we got started. And then really about a year ago, we started taking the project more seriously and decided to dedicate ourselves full time. Um, so, so far, so good. You know, like, like you said, it hasn't been on the radio much yet. It hasn't had a whole lot of coverage, but we've been working on it and we're hoping that this year is going to be, um, a year full of advances and, and movement so now when you guys were uh, coming up with the songs what what inspired you guys well honestly a lot of it comes from life experiences that we've had most of the songs are internal reflections kind of of some we kind of went through a hard moment after our last band broke up which was in 2013 i think we were in a group called the after party in the, in the united states um 
so yeah, we kind of went through a period of like not really knowing what to do with our lives. We felt like we'd lost a lot of time. And we began just to write songs just to kind of express how we were feeling. And so a lot of the songs in the album came from that. Other songs came from relationships that we've had in the past that didn't work out. And, you know, we have, you can always get good material from those types of moments. And the single Break Apart is actually kind of a breakup song. Oh. I know it sounds happy and feel good and everything. But the idea is, like, every time, like, we fall for somebody, we end up breaking breaking up. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's how we kind of get our influences, just from life, I guess. Things just that happen on a day-to-day basis. Well, I'll change the subject so it doesn't get too uh, melancholy here. But um, yeah. what, <laughs> what was your earliest uh, childhood um, memory of music? We grew up in a musical household. Our dad is a, a saxophone player. He's he's a really great musician and he has been for his whole life as well. So when we were born, we were kind of born into this environment of uh, band rehearsal and live music and always kind of having musicians around. So for me, it was really in, in our home um, with my dad and his bandmates and kind of being around their music and their band. And we would get on and sing into the microphone and, mm-hmm. and he would... Yeah, my first memories... Probably like when I was three years old, I remember being with him and his band and like watching them play and watching them rehearse. So yeah, honestly, I don't remember a time that there wasn't music in my life. Do you do you guys remember <laughs> your first concert? Oh yeah, I remember our first concert. We were probably fourteen. Yeah, and we played in one of our friends. He had like a <laughs> attic above his garage. Just <laughs> <laughs> gear up there and played and. <laughs> drove the neighbors yeah, crazy kind of <laughs> yeah the neighbors crazy the parents crazy I'm sure and that's kind of when we started falling in love falling in love with music I think was at that age now do you have any um, musical inspirations like a, a, a band or an artist that that really inspires you and makes you think more creatively sure yeah yeah honestly a lot of us have gotten really into jazz lately so I know like our music is very much kind of pop, rock, blues based, but jazz is kind of our biggest influence right now. Um, my biggest influence is probably Miles Davis. I think kind of what he did for music um, was pretty incredible. You know, he was kind of a modern guy who had these crazy ideas and he was just incredible. He put the best bands in the world together for years, years and years. So... So yeah, I look up to guys like that who really were able to impact other musicians and were able to create like a whole legacy of talent. Um, but I don't know, you, we have tons of influences from all sorts of genres mm-hmm. as well. I don't know, who else do you do you listen to, Andy? Uh, I, I enjoy like listening to different kind of rhythms and stuff from around the world, like different cultures and hearing their... their kind of like their musical genre or their musical, like, kind of like language that they, that they use. And I, I spend a lot of time, obviously, like we live in, in Colombia, and um, so we get to hear, like, a lot of the local or the national Colombian music and kind mm-hmm. of that heritage. And yeah. so I've kind of gotten into exploring other heritage and other cultures and stuff. And I like to take that and kind of just apply it to my thoughts and to the creative process of... of kind of digging out new colors or sounds or vibrations, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you want to call it. So, 
I think there's so much great in the world around. Like it's just it's so beautiful. It's a really mm-hmm. endless uh, well of <laughs> of creativity. Uh, so I was saying that rhythm and harmony. Like you listen to you listen to some music from that came out of Africa, kind of like a jazz fusion African influenced music, and you just hear all these crazy sounds and ideas. And I don't know. We like to try to take these things and implement them to what we do. Our first album was very straightforward, and we recorded with some guys who were um, rock rock producers rock songwriters so you hear like more of a rock sound in our first album but now like in the new music that we plan to be putting out probably by the end of this next year we're going to mix it up with rhythms with instrumentation with melodic ideas so we're excited about what's to come kind of the evolution of what we've done so far Mm -hmm. as far as when you guys are performing have you ever had a uh, embarrassing moment up on stage (laughs) Yeah, not for a while. Everything's <laughs> gone smoothly. Yeah. <laughs> We've been really fortunate. But in the past, definitely. Oh, yeah. I, I was primarily a drummer growing up and knocking, you know, like I would have moments where, like, where I would knock over something, like a cymbal would fall down and like the whole song would fall apart. That's the most embarrassing when you're playing live and the song just falls to the ground and everyone stops and looks around. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we always try to avoid. <laughs> We're both singers. I'm... I'm more of a guitar player, would be my probably my strongest, but I'm also taking to the saxophone. That's something I played earlier on in life and that picking back up again. Also play some piano. Um, but my, my strength, I would say, is is guitar. In voice, I guess we both we both sing about half and half on the albums. Mm-hmm. It's we both sing lead and we both sing harmony, depending. Yeah. Um, and I play drums. And piano are my two primary instruments. Piano is something that we both started when we were probably six years old, I would guess. And played for a few years as kids and kind of gave it up. And so same thing, I picked it up again a few years back and I've gotten really into that. And I've been playing the drums since I was about 13, I would guess. So yeah, we kind of are really fortunate to have learned instruments from a young age. So now we can pick up new instruments a little bit easier. Because we enjoy playing them all, I think. I mean, (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <Because> awesome. <laughs> well, they say the piano is like a great instrument for all musicians to start with and to learn because, well, you can visually see how music is laid out, the notes, the scales, and then you can apply that to all instruments. I mean, it has harmony and melody and percussion all mixed into one instrument, so you can apply it to, to anything. Now that we're talking about gear, is there a certain gear or guitar or guitar pedal amp or piano that you guys prefer my my dad gave me a a keyboard like an electric piano for for graduation really me, me and andy both graduated this, this last december and that's a Kawhi es8 um and yeah it's a really nice electric keyboard so that's what i've been playing since he gave it to me it's been about six months i guess um i'm really happy with it so <laughs> that's the one I prefer right now. And I've I've had this this one guitar I've had my whole life. It's a Fender Showcaster, which is like a Stratocaster type body, but it's made out of one solid piece of wood, and it's more of a kind of more of a classic type finish. It's a, kind of like a clear, dark clear coat type of look, so you can see the wood pattern on it, and it has DiMaggio pickups on it. And it's got this really nice kind of like it's just it's just a really nice, well rounded sound. Kind of leaning towards jazz and some type of like blues, like not too rocky, but like pretty like really smooth and just well-rounded sound. It's so great to play. And I, it was my first guitar that I got when I was a kid, and 
a gift also from my father, which I guess you can see my father's always been really encouraging yeah. about putting music on our lives. But <laughs> since then, I've had a lot of guitars, and I kind of stopped playing this one for a while, and I had my other guitars, and you know, I was looking for other sounds. I come back to that one, and it's just been, I've just been in love with it. It's a beautiful instrument, and it's really, I'm just very thankful to have that guitar. I know there's a lot of, a lot of other good guitars out there, but that one has a lot of special meaning, and I, like, I just like the way it sounds, too. I don't, I don't even play any pedals with anything. I just go straight into my amp with some kind of like light distortion, a little gain or something, and it just has a really warm sound. It sounds, it sounds nice. I used to play out of orange amplifiers, which I used to really be a huge fan of orange amplifiers, but now I'm playing out of a Fender amp, and I like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. And I guess from a drummer's perspective, I, I don't know if you ever heard of the company Shine Drums. It was a custom drum manufacturer, and they went bankrupt back in 2010-ish, I guess, or 2012. And I had a Shine drum kit. I still have it. It's got, like, small toms, and it's, like, a pretty, like, compact kit, pretty simple. But it just plays so nice. So that's the... I've, I've had it for... I bought that probably in 2009-ish, right before they went bankrupt. And, yeah, I've been super happy with it. It's definitely the best drum set I've ever had. And here in Bogota, I don't have it with me. I'm playing on a, on a Mapex drum set. Um... Something basic, but it gets the job done for what I need done here. So I don't know if it happens to you guys, but uh, thoughts of a song or a rhythm or a little melody comes up and you're like, oh, God, I got to write it down before I forget it. I'll tell you what happens to me from time to time is I'll be sleeping and I'll kind of dream something, but I'm kind of not totally asleep and I'll wake up and I'll try to like sing it and like sing like sing into my phone like a voice note or something so I don't forget it. That's when that's it's happened to me maybe a half a dozen times or something but that's <laughs> it's cool it's cool to like be in that mode when i'm sleeping and just snap out of it and say ah what was that how, how did that go it's one of those things that you never know like when the inspiration is kind of going to strike and it's going to be prepared to to write it down and record it i always use my phone and just record voice notes it's kind of my way of remembering those ideas that come to mind in unexpected moments yeah as far as as it goes for me i kind of like i kind of let my ideas come together over time like so like occasionally it'll be like oh like that like a melody will come to mind or kind of like some some kind of like rhythm or some, something like you know might kind of like really come to mind I'm like okay i really gotta get this down but i've kind of taken on the attitude that nowadays that i let a lot of stuff come through my mind and come through my head and then the things that I start to see like repeating themselves and become more predominant in my thinking, those are the ideas that like that I'll try and develop further and like take that as a as like a sign like okay this has stayed with me without me having to like remember it or try to remember it so that's a sign mm-hmm. that it's it's like a something that's valuable to, to me or, or mm-hmm. about something that's that's that I would want to continue pursuing or continue developing. That's kind yeah, of my strategy. Lately, which is, it's not as fast, it's not as effective, but I feel like it's more honest. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a trade-off. That's true. I feel like I'm going to get some, harvest some good, some good ideas out of it. So I'm kind of like pretty uh, inspired right now. I've been feeling really like, yeah, I'm just getting like all these thoughts rolling. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been a fun time period. One thing we're trying to study a lot is harmony. Mm-hmm. It's, I think when we were younger and just listening to music and listening to the bands that we liked, you don't really think about the chords that they're playing or why. Um, and generally during, like, in one genre, things sound very similar. Like, I was really big into pop punk, for example. Yeah. And so they're similar, you know, to power, power chords and progressions, that kind of, uh, yeah, the same types of harmony. 
maybe the progressions were different, but the harmony was similar. Then, as I got older, I started listening to other genres and listening to maybe like I listen to a lot of classical music as well, and I play classical music on piano as well. In that process, I've started to like pick out these little like nuances and these little harmonic changes that composers started doing 500 years ago, and then later it kind of turned into jazz and was expanded even further. And so it makes me think about you know music, popular music today, like pop music. Why do they only use like major and minor triads? Why do they only use like maybe once in a while you hear like some pop artists throw some some chords in there that have like seventh and ninth like higher extensions and it gives it more color. Yeah. But there's so much harmony that exists and it's just such a huge world to explore. And it's had me really just curious, just hungry just to discover more. And at the same time try to implement what I'm learning into like my songwriting. I'd really like to write songs that are kind of pop still pop sounding but with a whole new twist that people haven't heard before like so it sounds familiar but in the sense that like no one understands what you like where it came from you know, that's that's kind of my goal i guess so yeah i mean i think people who are interested in music should listen to all sorts of genres of music discover just discover because it's a huge universe of existence it's a huge world that's worth diving into like, there's artists who have you know, who have created like a whole career off of off of similar chords, three or four chords. <laughs> but also like that's where creativity comes in because you can do an infinite amount of things with three or four chords. So it's weird because you can go so complex or so simple. But what really matters is how like the listener feels when they hear it. And if a lot of listeners be in touch with what they're hearing, it's, it, it works. Yeah. Yes. As simple or as complex as it is. Who is uh, rock and roll's Oops. greatest unsung, overlooked, or forgotten hero for you guys? David Bowie kind of comes to mind for me. I mean, he was more kind of pop, pop rock, and pop and rock, I guess. And he wasn't overlooked. I mean, he's huge. But I just love the way he wrote songs. And I feel like people maybe like think of him more as like a public figure, the way he dressed, and he's kind of crazy. I think his songs themselves, like what he was doing, his progressions deserve a lot more attention. Hard question for me. <laughs> All right, then you'll answer this one. So it's three o'clock in the morning and you're driving a long stretch of highway. What song wow. should be on the radio? <laughs> um, that sounds like maybe something like the Eagles or something would be a good good music to have. Yeah, at at that point in time, <laughs> Eagles reminds me of like a, a certain summer, like of being on the on the road driving around. Some, at some point after high school, like I remember having an Eagle CD and just listening to that in the car all the time. So it's good, nice. good road music. What five uh, albums are you and listening to? Number one, for me, um, Kind of Blue by Miles Davis. Okay. And the next one. My next one for me, I've been listening to. I've been I've been kind of going through like the last couple of weeks in a weird phase of trying to go through um, older, more like. Uh, avant-garde type jazz and atonal music and really like trying to find like just really stuff that's been entirely off the wall because uh -huh. sometimes I sound like it, I don't know sometimes it just sounds really good and I was listening what I really liked was listening to an album or a collection of songs by um, I want to say Stravinsky but it's it's a, like an early 1900 pianist and composer who was entirely atonal music like he didn't work in Schoenberg Schoenberg yeah 
Arnold Schoenberg. Yeah. And he had, I, I really like, that album for me, like, I don't know if it was just the moment or, or what, but like, putting those songs on it, like, it just really sat really well with me. So I was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that was like a really inspiring moment <laughs> for me. It gave me some new ideas as well. So that's, that's for me. Schoenberg. It's number two. Number two. Number three. Um, let's see. Let's take a look at your Google Play here. Yeah. Well, if we're staying on the jazz vibe, we could talk about Dave Group with um, Time Out. That was a good album. Oh. I don't know if you've have you heard that album before by by Dave Brubeck was a jazz guy from like the what fifties probably and sixties. Mm-hmm. Every song of the album was in a different time signature. So it was kind of an innovative yeah, he did, uh, musical. Wasn't it the best one he had was uh Take Five? Take five, yeah. Uh huh. So that's number three. Blue Rondo a la Turk is a cool one too, which is like in oh, a really weird time signature. Yes. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's from like nineteen sixties, yeah. right? 1960s. Yeah. 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 You became wild, wildly popular. So I, I think it's a number four. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going, we're taking it down to Brazil now. Tom Jobim. Tom Jobim. He's a Brazilian composer, Boston Nova composer and, and musician. And he has an album called Wave, which is a really good album. His, his most famous his most famous song was "Girl from Ipanema." I gotta look that which one is up. a big boss. I'm sure if you heard it, you might you'd probably recognize it because it's been yeah it's, it's been been all over. Yeah, that that song had got really moved around a lot, and it kind of established him as a really important artist in Brazilian culture and in the world, really, and yeah, and globally. I gotta, I and. Check out check out Wave by Tom Jobim. It's just such a good album. It's just so well done. And number album number five, I'd say our album, I guess, Cold Dark and Dirty by the Bell Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to it sometimes. I like to listen to it. <laughs> or there's a cool local band down here in Bogota um, called Mad Tree. Mad Tree. And their their debut album was called Santissimo Humano. And then right now they're putting out a collection of like EPs that are Earth, Wind, Water. And fire. So, and so so far they have out fire, fire. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's a cool local band down here from the Bogota scene. That's really doing really killing, really killing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their rock, it's more kind of progressive or not super progressive, just kind of just rock, rock and roll. What advice uh, do you offer to uh, anybody that's thinking to uh, going into the music career? I would say like that you can go into it. With a lot of passion, of course. Yeah, going with passion, like with the right, like the right um, purpose. Right, like, yeah, the right attitude. The right attitude, uh huh. It's got to be about music. Like if you're working with music, it's because it's music, like not just like that has to be the number one. Mm-hmm. And maybe like with an like a will to learn. Like if anyone wants to be a musician, the only way to be a musician is. Playing and playing and playing and playing and playing and playing, practicing and practicing, or even if it's like electronic music or pop music or anything like that, it's still got to be writing songs, producing, recording. It's definitely a job that takes time and repetition and a lot of hours until you can really master master any aspect of it. So, yeah, with with the right attitude, positive mindset, drive, 
And maybe like think a little bit about it from like the business perspective. If I'm gonna be a musician, how can I survive doing it? What are different ways to make income? You know, think about living expenses, income, possible income, and just start working and try to make the balance happen. Because it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of, you know, organization you know, maybe. Organization, execution. And fame doesn't <laughs> like fame doesn't have to be the answer in order to like make it. You know, people think, oh like I have to be I'm gonna make it, you know, like you, know, you don't have to make it in the eyes of others. You can just make your own career and find alternative ways to live comfortably doing what what makes you what what you love, what you're passionate about. So that's kind of our main goal really. You know, we wanna find different income sources, just try to make a steady, stable career where we can work on music every day, all day. That's what we love to do, and <laughs> that's what we're passionate about, and everything we, we think we can make it happen. So awesome, guys! Well, I want to thank you guys for being on the show, and we'll go ahead and uh, let the viewers or listeners know uh, they can get the album "Cold, Dark, and Dirty." Where can they get it? They can get it on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer. It's on all YouTube. All the songs are on YouTube. All streaming YouTube. services, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anywhere digitally, it's there. Well, you heard that. And if they want to get in touch with us, message they can write us on Instagram at Bell Brothers Music. We always respond. We're always there in touch with anyone who wants to get in touch with us. Well, thank you guys for uh, taking the time. And yeah. Bell Brothers, amazing work. Keep on doing what you're doing. Great. Uh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. So much. It's been an honor. It's been a yeah. Pleasure. Thanks for talking with us. It's been really enjoyable. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at anchor.fm backslash fretmanspodcast.com and follow us at our Facebook page at Fretman's blog or at our Instagram at Fretman underscore blog. To get more information regarding Mackie or the Bell Brothers, visit our website at fretmansblog.com. That's F R E T. M-A-N-S-B-L-O-G dot C-O-M and click on the picture to link you to their sites. With this, my friends, I leave you today. I want to thank Greg Mackey and all the Mackey staff for creating such wonderful products that make our lives more enjoyable. I also want to thank the Bell Brothers for an incredible interview and I especially want to thank and wish my wife a very big happy birthday. And don't forget, somewhere in some place, when you least expect it, you will hear that one song that will forever change your life. 